Hi, good morning. Welcome to Faithbrook. Um, I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children's and Family Director. We're so glad you're here with us. Good to see you. And if you're online, welcome as well. Um, well, here at Faithbrook, we love God, love people, and we journey together. And a great way for us to journey together is through our Church Center app. If you don't have that, it's awesome and super easy to download. Um, you can go to your app store and um, look up Church Center, and it prompts you um, once you select Faithbrook as a church to do all kinds of things, to be a part of the family here. Um, it has everything from checking in your kids super simply with a QR reader. Thank you, that's really easy. Um, and then also you can quickly um, hit the give button. You can see what groups there are uh, to be a part of and journey together with us. Um, you can check out our Right Now Media um, app, which is like Netflix, but for faith-based materials. So there's all kinds of ways for you to be able to stay connected, be connected, and be a part of the family here and journey together at Faithbrook. So check that out, the Church Center app. Feel free to do that anytime. And if you need help, we're out here to help you as well. Um, so that's the Church Center app. Lots of great things there for you. Um, well, let's now welcome um, our Pastor Jim as he takes our Vision Sunday. This year, let's show the world. I think that was the vision and the hope of the Vikings. But that's not happening, is it? Right? Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and we were hoping that the Vikings would be in there. But uh, at least my Kansas City Chiefs are in there. Go Chiefs, right? It's a wonderful day in America. Here at Facebook, we use this Sunday to kind of set aside as our Vision Sunday to kind of look at what's going on in us and especially in the future. Everyone should have a vision. So last Sunday, I got a text Sunday afternoon from someone said, hey, would you be interested in a couple of free tickets to the Timberwolves? I was like, really? That'd be like awesome. We, we always wanted to go to the Timberwolves and it's like, yeah, I'll just uh, transfer them into your account kind of deal. And hey, Logan, do you want to go? Yeah, it's tonight. Let, let, let's go. And, and I said, you know, when we get down there, I'm, I'm going to bring my binoculars, man. Uh, I can really see better at the binoculars. And, and my son's like, uh, dad, that, that's kind of sketch, right? Don't bring the binoculars. Don't bring that old guy, right? I was like, hey, son, come on now. These are really powerful. These are so important, right? A lot of people have used them. Sports enthusiasts like them, especially if you're sitting way up high. Uh, hunters can look around the high horizon and see their prey. Military generals uh, see the value in them. Ship captains use them very often because binoculars can help us see things in the distance more clearly. 
And today, we kind of want to zoom in into the future. We want to kind of zoom into the heartbeat of the vision and the mission of Faithbrook. This might be one of your first Sundays here. This is a great Sunday to attend. Maybe you're viewing us online, trying to check us out. This is also a wonderful day. It's kind of like the heartbeat of the church, myself, uh, who are we and where we're going and more of a clear picture. Now, back in Proverbs in the Old Testament, it says, where there's no vision, the people will perish. Well, where there's no vision, the people will perish. You think that's true? You think uh, your corporation you work for has a vision? They have some plans, uh, some procedures and strategies. Do you have vision for your family? Do you have vision for your own heart and soul? Did you know God had a vision? From the very beginning, God had a vision. You think about it, of all the planets out there in the universe, he picked this one little planet, Earth, and says, man, I'm going to build a beautiful thing. I'm going to create it with all the nature and the birds and the water and the mountains. The landscape's going to be awesome, bring some animals in there. But I'm going to build human beings, and human beings will be different than anything else in nature. They will have a soul. They will have a conscience. They will be able to communicate and and be connected to me, the all-creator God. And and I want to bless them tremendously. I have a vision for them just to be free and innocent and just enjoy their labor, enjoy the the nature. But I want to give them choice. I want them to love me and and worship me because they don't have to but because they want to. And so I'm going to instill in them a conscience. I'm instilling them a free will to love me. And that means they might fail me. That means they might choose to believe in the, the serpent and the temptation. And many of you know that's exactly what happened. They fell into temptation. And ever since there, there's been pain in this world. There's been corruption. There's been sin. There's been devastation. But God's dream did not give up. He still had a vision. He could see He says, I am going to take myself through my son, Jesus Christ, and incarnate myself into the world as a Jewish man and grow. Eventually, I'll be falsely accused and allow myself to be hung on a Roman cross because it's in my blood that has to be spilt. Someone has to die for man's disobedience. Someone has to pay the penalty for sin. And I'm willing to do that because I love them so much. I still have this vision for us to be one to be redeemed and from the brokenness, and that's exactly what he did. But not all visions come true. Not all visions are easy. Just ask the Vikings, right? They, they, they miss out a lot of their vision, right? And to some degree, God's vision didn't come through either. We see an account recorded by Matthew in chapter 23, where Jesus may be seven days out from his crucifixion, He knows that he's going before the cross and he's going to have to enter into this town of Jerusalem that the Jewish people has always loved. It's really been the hallmark of who Christ is, this special city, Jerusalem. But he's looking over there and he's kind of crying. He's emoting. He's just venting. And he says this, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Oh, how I've longed for this. This is his heart. This is his vision. This is his mission. I've loved you. I wanted you to wake up. I wanted you to see me, that I am Christ. And yet, you were not willing. 
and he thinks about the future. Look, your house is left to desolation. 50 years later, the Romans would desolate all of Jerusalem, and especially the temple. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's thinking of these precious people. It's wrecking him that their stubbornness, their pride, their humanism has just avoided him. I wonder sometimes what wrecks us. What wrecks you? Does anything bother you? Does anything make you cry? Does anything make you sad? You know, sometimes when I, I look out to the horizon, I look out into society, I try to have some spiritual eyes, have some praying eyes, some seeking eyes, and, and I look in our society, I look what's going on in our communities and in our world. Some things wreck me. It wrecks me. It seems like families are in tremendous amount of pressure. Families maybe look good on the outside. Their they're grass might be mowed, but inside there's a lot of tension. There's a heavy amount of pressure on, on employees to, to um, toe the line, to, to make their goals. They're trying to keep up with the neighbors because they seem to be having all the fun and their finances are stretched thin. Their, their time is maxed out. Parenting is just a chore and so complex. And before you know it, it just kind of spills over to some marital issues, broken relationships, anger, rage. Sometimes it spills over to choices and damaging behaviors or addictions, right? Because there's, there's something that's just eroding a little bit. I, I see a little bit of our decline of our society, right? How many of us just get exhausted for all the headlines of hate and conflict and crime, right? We, we think what's going on. Some of the boundaries and institutions that we believed in, they're all kind of up for grabs. What used to be kind of moral or right is now, no, that's, that's wrong. And, and we're just, all the lines are getting blurred. All in the name is love is love. And if it's your truth, it's your truth. And so we're just kind of walking through this fog that kind of besieges our souls and our minds and our families. And a lot of times it spills over to our kids. They tell us that our our kids are more anxious than ever. There's just a tremendous amount of information and media pouring into their life through their phones and their media devices. And this is all kind of poisoning and rubbing against the soul and the fabric of our society and our families. And they're just kind of left to cope brokenness, damage, discouragement out there. It wrecks me. I think it wrecks God when we look and see. I think ultimately one of the things that wrecks me is that people are spiritually dying. That people are not connecting with his life-giving, the Lord of life, Jesus Christ. Hey, why, why should we connect? Life is so busy, right? We got plenty of fun things to do. We, we could easily be distracted and, and determined to do our own thing. And we don't think about the eternity. We don't think about our soul. We don't think about the spirit, but God does. The Bible tells us that our, our bodies will break down and eventually die physically, but the soul will live on. Where does the soul live? Where does the spirit live? Where it's going to happen? There is a heavenly God. There is a God of judgment, and we're going to face him. And there's going to be two places out there, a life of, of dw- heavenly dwelling with him and, or a life of damnation. Does that bother anybody? That's what wrecks me. That's when I look out there and it says, anybody care? Do you, do you see that? I see it. It's problematic. That's why several years ago, our church started. 
was placed on this corner because there's a lot of people who are distracted and deceived and maybe irreligious and given up on God and not sure about this Jesus guy, right? But God said, man, can you, can you go to them? As we were wrestling with the sacrifice and the choices and the change to, to start a new church and build a church and the cost and just how we do that, God brought a scripture, a foundational scripture to our church. This really underlaid our mission and vision. comes out of Acts 26 when God said to the Apostle Paul, I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to the light. To open their eyes, help them to see, turn them from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God. Now when I look and I pray and I see, I believe, my friends, that there is a power of Satan out there. The, the Bible tells us that the evil one comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It wrecks me to see families being destroyed, loving couples that get divorced, and kids with their heads down, and there's uh, um, sin and, and behaviors and, and wounds that happen into our life. It's just brokenness in our society because the evil one wants that. But God says, will anybody go to help open up their eyes, to turn them from this power to God so that they may receive forgiveness of our sins? We have all fallen short. We have all not measured up to God. But God says, I love you so much. I've sent my son that all who believe in him and repent of their sins and say, Christ, I want to say yes to you. I want you to forgive me. I want you to cleanse me and purify me from all my Un, uh, regrettable things, my embarrassing things, the things that have offended you. And God comes in and says, I love you, dear child. Welcome home. Welcome back. I receive forgiveness of their sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith, a place that we are united with God, that we're set apart in his wholeness, in his love, in his passion and purpose in our home. That's God's heart. And that's the heart of this church to help open that doesn't mean that we come and try to open their eyes by bashing them over the head with a dogmatic uh, message or, or preaching, right? But we want to inspire people to help them for themselves, discover the things of God, to see his amazing grace, to experience his amazing love, to experience the, the healing that could happen in their heart and their lives and the life-giving principles through his word and his power. So it's no accident, my friends, that God placed us here five and a half years ago, right here on this corner. It's a gateway of one of the fastest growing communities in all of Minnesota. See, I think God knew that, that many families would be moving into this area, Maple Grove, Rogers, Champlin, et cetera. It, it'd just be growing and, and of these families and people and apartments and townhouses and homes. And God's like, man, who would be the church? They would park themselves right here, thousands of cars driving by that would be all about these three things, a loving me with all their heart, soul, to love God, to love people if I would love people and do it together in a healthy, wonderful way. You know, one of the things that makes us unique as Faithbrook is that we're, we're dedicated to reaching people and, and finding people for Christ. There's, I've always said that there's two types of churches out there. There's kind of an inner-focused uh, church and an outer-focused church. 
Uh, most churches do both, right? But one kind of takes a priority. Most churches think it's kind of easier just to, let's just kind of make the priority our own members or the, the people who are already convinced, you know, because the secular world out there is eating us up and we just need to come in and find some safety. Man, I understand that. Uh, that we kind of speak our own language, we sing our own songs, we kind of ourselves. and is everybody doing okay, right? Let's just kind of hold the fort here. That's kind of an inner church and that's, that's important. But then there's a few churches that say, you know, it's not so much about our members. It's about those who, who are still not convinced, those who are irreligious, so here, those who not came and received Christ. Does any churches be willing to risk it for the people? You know, when it comes to my heart, my heart is that that's what I see Christ did. I think Christ came and said, you know, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. My main purpose is to crawl up on that cross and die for those who would repent and come to, to life. And I think if we call ourselves Christians, I think if we claim the name as a Christian church, a Christ church, then that passion has to be part of our DNA, part of our purpose, that we first want to find the hurting person, the lost person, the, the irreligious person. You know, sometimes for us who were here before this church was even started, it, it was a lot of questions. There was a lot of risk. We were not sure. And it was going to take a lot of money. And there was a lot of sacrifice and generosity to even get this thing. And it was, it was a sketchy, it was a risky endeavor to get going. And, and we looked around each, to each other and said, is it for us? Do we just want a, a better place, a more comfortable place, you know, that we can just kind of do Christianity together? Or are we willing to, to adjust, to modify our style to maybe we could invite our neighbor, invite our coworker that's not mm, sure about church. And, and when they come, that they could maybe have a great experience. I said, yes. And so it's been a joy through the last five and a half years to see young families walk in, singles, older people, and they're kind of shopping and wondering and and then they find a home. It's, they find that they're, they're welcome here and, and the experience is, 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 is good. And then they come back and God starts opening up their arms and little bit by little bit, man, they come and convince and many of them. And you might be watching today. You might be here. One of those examples. You said yes to Jesus. I want Jesus in my heart. And that's what gives us great satisfaction. We look at each other and wink and said, yes, the dream and the vision's coming alive. That's the heartbeat of God. If we've ever had any miracles, We've had a lot of miracles. Maybe that God maybe has favored us a little bit. I'm not sure. I think because God says, man, Jim, if you keep my business, not your business, not your kingdom, my business, because I went all the way to the cross for lost people, I'll favor you, I'll help you. And it seems like when we see people and families and kiddos that said yes to Jesus, that's the heartbeat of who we are. That's our story. But what are we doing in the future? Where, where, where are we going? What do we look like? I, I was kind of intrigued by a little article I saw a couple months ago that kind of looked at the, the last several years. And they described it this way. Like in 2020 was the year of crisis. Do you remember that? The year of the pandemic, right? Everybody's like, oh, man, we're all going to die and get these viruses and germs everywhere. You know, and everybody was kind of hunkering down, playing it safe, right? Things were shut down. It was historic. Amen, Right. And the next year, 2021, was a year of adaptation. We adapted. We pivoted, right? What do we need? A marketplace, um, stores, businesses said, hey, maybe we've got to shift things. People got to buy groceries, not touching it, and all these kind of things. Even our church, we, we really instituted our online ministry, right? We, we shifted. 
Last year was a year of transition. Okay, there was a, a lot of change. Um, do you know some friends, family members that maybe moved? Maybe they found another job. They quit. They, they left a state. Uh, migrating in America. A lot of transition out of this pandemic. But now this year, they said, it's kind of a year of traction. A year of traction. Okay, I don't think the economy is exactly fall apart. And everybody's kind of like, okay, I don't think we're going to have this devastating pandemic tomorrow. So where do we go? A year of new, some new beginnings. And, and I think for our church, it's kind of like a new chapter. All right, we, we had transitions. We had fallout. We had this and that. And we even lost some staff. And, but this year is new. And I'm excited about the new year. And so, so I start praying. I start thinking, oh, God, what do you have in mind for us? Where, 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 what do you see for us, right? One of the things I see is that God saying, man, still be about my mission of leading people into a new and thriving life. Um, I still see a church that is committed to leading people to Christ. I hear stories about uh, attendees that care about people that don't maybe know Christ, and they're inviting them. They're befriending them. We kind of have an inside little question um, in, in our leadership here, and the question is, who's your one? That's a big deal. Who's your one? Oh, uh, yeah, who's the one that maybe God is leading to you to befriend, that you can serve, that you can encourage? Maybe they've been burned by God or church, or you know, maybe they had a bad experience, but because of your example, you can just maybe um, help them, listen to them, and maybe invite them to church. And there's been several stories of that. People have been invited Right, and I think about uh, uh, several of you have come to this this church, and and you've kind of found a place where you belong. Um, just recently, someone in our church said, you know, when we we came to this church, we weren't sure if we we're going to fit in, but we found that we were loved. We we could find a home here, put roots down, and and we started gaining ground with Christ and waking up and even saying yes to Jesus. That's kind of our our mission. We have a goal every year, if this interests you, that, that 20 people would say yes to Jesus for the first time. They would say, yes, I, I want Christ to save me from my sins. I, I want him to be my Savior and my Lord. From, from kids to teenagers to adults, 20 people. We also pray that 10 people would be baptized, from children to adults. 10 people would say, man, I'm going public with my faith. I need to own this thing, man. Dunk me. I want to be baptized, water baptism, and say yes to Jesus. And at the same time, a church that is helping to people to thrive in their spiritual life. My prayer, our prayer, is that you fall in love with Jesus deeper and deeper. You understand that Jesus can heal your wounds, that Jesus can be your solace, it can be your fortress, that we don't have to be having our heads down and giving up, that God can come through. God will help us through all those terrifying uh, tricky, um, disappointing issues in our life to persevere, to endure, to have some victory and thrive doesn't mean that life is easy when we say thrive. It means that we're not going to give up and break down when it gets harsh. God is with us. Ultimately, God wants us to take us to a place where we are under his full submission, um, that we are fully surrendered, trusting him, filled with his entire love and his holy spirit. So when I look, hey, what does that look like? The first thing I see is a heartbeat to still lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ Jesus. But is there anything else out there? 
What maybe could we do in the next couple of years? What is God asking us to go through? And that's the hard part, right? What is that clear vision? What does that look like, right? Is that people, money, numbers? What does that look like? Well, the best I can do right now is I look and we think together. It's kind of a church, a healthy, vibrant church that's engaging families from the community, for the community, and the world. See, if you want to know what this guy thinks about and sees and, and hurts, is that a lot of times I think there's a great need for healthy churches. There's so many scandals. There's so many divisions and problems, and people are kind of floating away from churches. So I think God puts on my heart, Jim, can we create a church that's healthy, that's functional, right? That people love each other. doesn't mean that we don't have different opinions and there might be some conflict once in a while, but how we handle conflict. Are we just, just leaving and mad and did you hear about that church and that pastor and all this kind of stuff? Man, I think our society needs a healthy church that they can trust in. A church that is spirit-led, right? Does that guy pray? Does this old leader pray? Or is it just all about just pomp and circumstance? Is, is it led by the spirit of God to divinely guide them, right? Is there a dependence on God's spirit in these modern, complex days? Not only the spirit of God, but I think we have to have some systems, Right? We are in a digital age. Uh, we are in the suburbs. So instead of just kind of um, old-fashioned, uh, broken-down systems, let's modernize it. Uh, Chrissy talked about our church app, right? Uh, people say, you don't, you don't um, somebody said the other day, hey, hey, I came and visited you, and you guys didn't say anything about the offering. I was like, oh, you know, we, we don't say too much about the offering, right? We used to always do the, the offering, get some ushers, and, you know, and we, we don't do that anymore because we found a system that, you know, people can easily take their phone and they have that church app, and it's like, man, God's put it on my heart to give in a systematic way, and boom, 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 and just, it just happens, and people are still giving to God more in a digital way. That, that's a system, and how we check in kids and, and our safety, et cetera. It's that healthy part. Yes, we want to be a staff-led church, help the staff to live healthy. But we also want to be a board-guided, that there's lay leaders, right? And we're pursuing questions like, hey, are we pursuing moral and financial integrity? Do people trust us when they give their money? When, when maybe they let their kids uh, go into one of our classes, do they trust us? Uh, are we going to have some scandals and, and disappointments? But we can't pursue health. That's why I think God wants us to see us now and in the future. I think this word vibrancy is also key. Vibrancy means healthy. Something is growing. Something has some energy. Something has some quality. Something that is vibrant is impacted. It's engaging. You know, when I pray and I think and our leadership prays and I think when we look out there, you know, do we see ourselves as a mega church? No. We don't see ourselves as a mega church. We, we see ourselves as a healthy, vibrant church, right? That is personable. We had a, a new family uh, share that uh, they, they were shopping churches. They came to our community, built a, built a house, and they're looking for some churches, right? And they've been to different churches and said, man, we went to the, the big churches, right? And man, their stage was excellent, and it was awesome. And, and you put your kids in the children's room, man, it's just a pack full of kids, man. You're just like, oh, does anybody even know my kids, right? And, and then it's just kind of hard to connect. People everywhere are coming and going. But we came to Faithbrook. You know, it was such more personable 
That, that, there we go. There's the vibrancy. There's, it was personable. You, you knew our names, and, and our kids were just not a number. And that's what I think God places on my heart and our heart to, to create a church that is healthy, that is vibrant, that the people are vibrant spiritually. Uh, they are growing. They're, they're into the word of God, uh, a place where they're using their gifts. They're, they're engaging. You know what warms my heart? I think what God wants to see is is an engaging members, attendees that are, that are caring. Um, this last week, I, I was talking to our preschool teacher in our life group. She said, man, it was such a joy to teach those 10, 12 little preschool kids. And, you know, she says, Pastor, those kids' hearts are just like sponges, right? Uh, they get all kinds of different messages from the culture, or maybe schools and things like that. But when they come here, I got the opportunity to share that God loves them uniquely. We don't know what their future holds, but God knows them. And, and God designed them uniquely and loves them. And I was just pouring into that hope of those young preschool kids. And I said, yeah, you had some teen, teenager volunteers right there too, listening in. They're also questioning. They're asking about their identity. They're asking about who they are in, in Christ. And do they even want to believe in this Jesus as they go forward? And I said, as you're dispelling this goodness and these, this truth of God in their lives, man, it's just permeating these kids. Yes, that's the vibrancy. That's the vision. That's the hope. We want to be a premier church, man, that reaches especially families. Everyone's a family. Whether you're single or you're older, we're all family. But we know in this area, from Rogers to Champlin to Maple Grove, it's a bedroom community. And there are new families with kids having babies and moving in. And so God's like, hey, I see you just being a premier um, um, agency in the name of Jesus to love these families and help them because, man, it's not easy. You have multiple kids and you got career demands and it can be exhausting. I love hearing from Chrissy that she started this mom's group once a month and she says, man, we have like 12 to 16 moms come in and they're all just like, man, how do we do this, right? We got the plates of spinning and we're trying to be a great mom and we're trying to love Jesus and we're trying to be wife and career person and it's hard. And it's like, Faith Brooks is here. Open up the doors. This is what God wants us to be. We want to engage these families and love people. You might be watching us. You might be here personally. You're part of the family. We just want to lean into that. And ultimately, the people hear about us. The people, hey, you know about that church, that red church on the corner? Oh, yeah, I know the Faith Brook. Oh, yeah, my neighbor goes to there. Oh, oh yeah, they, they helped our school last year. Oh, yeah, they, they raised some money to help the, the homeless, raised some money for the Ukrainian refugees. Oh, we know who they are. I know who they are. They, my, my brother goes there. And you know, he, he was a pretty selfish guy before he went to Faithbrook. I don't know. He just seems to be different. Something's changed in him since he went, went to Faithbrook. That's, that's the vision. That's the vibrancy. And the ways we do that to keep it going is really the, our, our strategy, our alignment. And there's four things we really lean into if you want to know. That's part of this vision that creates this vision. And one is the outreach. See, I always said if Jesus was in the house, if we're truly Christ followers and we claim that Jesus is in the house, that, that people in the neighborhood would know that Jesus was here. We, we just can't, at some point, we just can't tell people about Jesus. We have to show people about Jesus. Don't you love that kid sound back there? Amen. <laughs> we're going to get to them, right? Right? So every year we try to mobilize you individually, mobilize the church four or five times a, a, a year to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
In two weeks, we're going to go down Coon Rapids to feed my starving children, right? That we're going to gather together and make those little uh, packets of, of food and try to uh, uh, minister to people around the world that are hurting. Every year, uh, we go down to Dean's Country uh, Patch, uh, to the pumpkin patch on Halloween, and we invite families to come in there, and we are sponsoring all the, the crafts and the paint, and we buy the pumpkins, and so we get to know them. We're just like, hey, this is all free. This is from the, the heart of, of Faithbrook Church, man. That's, that's kind of who we are uh, through the life. So we, we want to partner. We also uh, partner with over 500 Nazarene missionaries around the world. You guys have seen the headline. There's, there's war in Ukraine. There's devastation in Turkey. Well, I'm so glad that we have a, a network of caretakers and preachers and missionaries around the world. Did you know that Faithbrook gives over $25,000 a year because you give to this world network of people on the front line that is opening up their churches and basements for these refugees, that there is missionaries trying to share the good news of the Lord. It's just not in our neighborhood, but it's around the world. It's kind of who we are. The second thing that's really important to us to create this healthy, vibrant, engaging church is the next-gen ministries, the next-gen ministries, um, a place where kids can feel safe. Uh, let's go to that, that picture here. Um, this is one of my favorite pictures, right? These two sisters have dedicated themselves with James Mingus on Tuesday nights to provide a wonderful place for preteen uh, kiddos, man. Uh, fifth and sixth graders, they're, they're trying to make it through uh, school and, and the culture. But when they come to our place, man, I think this was a Christmas party and it was just like a snow fight, tornado or something. They're having a great time. They dressed up. What are we saying to the next generations? You know, you're important to us. We got a place for you at this church. We're going to pour energy and resources into this. Wednesday night, we have our, our youth group. Those kids also are trying to make decisions for their life. Is, is it worth following Christ? Does, will someone help us and pour into us and help us to believe in that? And God is helping. Lately, as you know, that we've been on a search for staff. Uh, this next generation leader that would help pastor and lead all our volunteers from, from birth to um, senior high. And God graciously helped us run into the Vogels. Eric and Allie Vogel, um, they came interviewing. We've been talking to them. And uh, they're coming our way. They accepted our, our invitation and uh, we accepted them. Uh, unfortunately, Allie is locked into a teaching contract to the end of school year in Galesburg, Illinois. Uh, but Eric is going to be coming on board at beginning of May. And I asked them just to give us a video, a share, um, some greetings from them. So let's hear from them. Hey, Faith Brooke, how's it going? My name is Eric. And I'm Allie, and this is CJ. And if you listen closely, you might be able to hear our dog Huey barking in the background as well. We are so excited to be joining Faith Brooke, um, both as in the congregation and in the pastoral team as well. Uh, we've been here in Galesburg for about the past 10 years. Uh, the past few years, I've been working as the discipleship pastor uh, here. I've also taught a few years uh, in the schools as well, and I've just recently finished my degree at seminary. And God has placed this huge passion and desire on my life to help reach the next generation for Jesus Christ, whether that's at the church, out in the community, 
coaching, wrestling, whatever it is, I want to see the next generation reach for Jesus. And I'm so thrilled that I'm going to have this opportunity to join all of you in that mission and calling as well. And we'd love to have been up there uh, with all of you on this Sunday, but uh, we were unable to. But Allie's going to talk a little bit more about our plan moving forward. Yeah, so like Eric said, we are so excited to come up, but we've got some things we're going to take care of here first, like we're getting our house ready to sell, um, and I'm going to be heading back to work here. I teach first grade, so I'm going to be finishing out the year, um, but Eric will be joining you sooner at the beginning of May, and CJ and I will try to follow after as soon as possible. Once again, thank you so much for this opportunity to join you in ministry, and we are just so excited to be meeting you all very soon. So see you then. God bless. Awesome. Yes, isn't that exciting? I see God helping us put together a great team of leaders and pastors, raising up this healthy, authentic, impacting church, right, that engages families. I see us continuing to grow. Uh, do you know that uh, almost every Sunday now, our children's are, are full. Our, our nursery is filling up. In fact, Chrissy's like, man, we got to open up a fourth room. We're going to find some volunteers because God is just kind of bringing people this way. And I could just see in the future the Vogels and just a great all-star team of just impacting our community and especially families. Sometimes we run out of parking and I know we have some plans for even future um, additions and parking. Uh, sometimes we're dabbling with even a, a next gen generation um, wing uh, uh, to our to our east. Also some additional parkings. So, you know, what does God see for us? And we want to be available. We want to be open uh, to engaging these families and people moving into our community and being the premier church that engages these families. Uh, thirdly, part of who we are and strategy is groups and communities. It is in these life groups, it's in these teams, from worship teams to being a children's volunteers to life groups where we find friends. See, life is too hard and too distracting to keep us from staying united. That's the one thing that that the evil one wants us to do is just kind of get so divided and distracted that we're not in community. It's in these life groups, it's in these communities where this is where we grow spiritually because we are encouraging one another, we are caring for one another. Our hallmark of our community groups, our life groups, is to love one another. Hey man, you're going through something, we wanna be there for you. We want to learn together. Hey, let's listen to this teaching. Let's open up the word of God. What is God teaching us to mature in our spiritual life? And we want to laugh together, right? To enjoy life, make some friends. It makes a difference. I was um, privileged to hear that the last couple of months, there was a new family, young family, much like the, the Vogels, um, that moved into our state. They didn't know anybody, just trying to start a new career path. And one of our attendees uh, reached out to them and met them and said, hey, you're new. We'd like for you just to give our church a try. We'll be friends. In fact, we have a, a live group that meets, uh, just a couple of us from the church, and we'd like to invite you and your little baby to join us. We eat together, uh, study what God is, is teaching us. Would you be willing to do that? And they started going to that life group. And they found like an extended family that knows their name, that cares for them, that will help, um, help them through life. And now this young family is highly engaged in our church, and God is moving through them because of these group uh, dynamics. And then finally, when it comes to um, 
our, our strategies is our Sunday experiences. You know, life can be hard. We're fighting pressures. There's busyness. But when people come to church, either online or in person, there is something uh, spiritual. There is something life-giving and renewing to them. So when they drive into our parking lot, God, I believe God are praying. God is looking for them uh, to, to have the best hour of the week that the music is relative, uh, the, the place is exciting, there are greeters, there are children's ministers and volunteers that are, that are welcoming them and loving them, that our kids uh, come back and say, that was the best hour of the week. I was impressed by uh, another family that said, you know, we've been shopping for churches and we've tried different churches, and a lot of times my kids are like, ah, oh, that was boring, I didn't like it. And she, she said, quote, Faithbrook was the, the first church my kids wanted to come back and said, Mom and Dad, let's go back. I loved it. This is what we're talking about, that there is a, uh, a vibrancy and, and a wonder and a spirit that helps people um, go, grow closer to Christ. Well, there might be other things in our future, right, where we're just kind of looking at maybe raising up maybe a more better leadership culture, there's people that are asking us, would you help us start a church in Winconia, something like Faithbrook? So there's a lot of vision out there. But what is your vision for yourself? Remember, the Bible tells us without a vision, the people will perish. Do you have a vision for your career? Do you have a vision for your health? Do you have a vision for your family? Especially, do you have a vision for your soul? See, God has a vision for me. I know he's like, Jim, would you be willing to fight the good fight to raise up a church that people can believe in, a church that is healthy? Would you be willing to stay healthy yourself and be humble and dependent on me? Would, would you be willing to fight for the things that families are dealing with and, and help people open their eyes to their need for Jesus Christ? I invite you to be a vision carrier. To, to help us be one of the greatest forces for good in our community. In fact, I want to encourage you to consider being a partner, a, a partner in a vibrant, healthy church that is engaging families from the community for the community. So here, here's what you might know and might not know, that we cannot do what God wants us to do alone. I, I just don't have enough hours in the day. We just don't have enough staff. We just don't have enough uh, leadership, but it's going to take all of us. That's why God in the Bible, his vision, his dream, that we'd be the body of Christ, that everyone's taken apart. Everyone is pulling, pulling along and, and hooking together to be a bright star in this community, a growing community here in, in Dayton and in Maple Grove, that, a place that you have confidence to invite your friends Confidence that you have in Christ because you're thriving and you're growing. And then that your neighbor, co-worker could come and, man, they've been ministered to because they've had a tough week. There's brokenness and despair and heartbreak. But when they step on our campus, there's life, there's love, there is Christ. But we need partners. Somewhere that you would own it. Somewhere you would take responsibility. We, we have a lot of attendees. We, we have a lot of fans in our church. But partnership is partnering in the cause. Here at Faithbrook, we call membership partner. Because we're not looking for members. Hey, welcome your member. Sit right there and you'll be served. No, we're on a mission. And we are partnered together for the cause of Christ. To fight for what he fights for. So if you're interested in being a partner, we don't push this too often. 
Um, but this is the time where we would ask you to consider being a partner, not just an attendee, not just a fan, right? But be highly invested to take some ownership in this area, in this church. So in front of you is a red card. It's called the Next Step card. What's your next step? And on the bottom of that, there's a little box that says learning about partnership. So if you're interested in that, this is probably half the partnership class right here this morning. You just write your name and put that in our offering box, one of our offering boxes on the way out. And I'm going to contact you in a couple of weeks. We'd like to offer an after church lunch and we'll, we'll feed you lunch, whatever. And you can consider, say, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be invested member here, a partner. I, I believe that. I, I'm, you can count on me. That's what kind of partnership is to, to not only hold the mission, but also to see the vision. Lead people into a new and thriving Christ. You know, lastly, I, I just want to say that really we're all busy people. We got a big game tonight we're going to watch. We got our own family issues and career demands. But do we see what God sees? Matthew saw Jesus' heart being broken over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you missed it. You didn't see. I love you so much. I wanted you. I wanted to have you as my children. Do we have that kind of heart? Does our church have that kind of heart? Would you be willing to have that kind of heart to see the people that don't know Christ, that are maybe irreligious, non-churched, far from God? You know, speaking of seeing lost, hurting people, I'm reminded of what I've not seen so many times when I went to our famous Sam's Club um, uh, outfit out there in Maple Grove. Anybody a Sam's member here, right? Maybe you're probably all Costco people. I get it. But, but the church has a church membership. I get my gas at Sam's, and I go in there pretty often for things, the family or, or the church here, right? Nonprofit, whatever. And usually I'm in a rush, and I got my cart, right? And you get your little stuff, and I'm getting out there, and you got to scan in, and I'm blazing out the windows, right? Trying to get, get going for the next thing. I've done this hundreds of times since I've lived here. And rarely do I look up at the last thing that is on the wall before I go out, Sam's. Rarely. But now I'm starting to notice. Maybe you don't know what's there, but there's a huge poster that says, Missing People. Have you seen these people? Frankly, honestly, no, I haven't. Because I've been so busy with my agenda, what I need to do, I haven't looked at those people. Every one of those people have a name. Every one of those people are lost. They've been abducted. They've been kidnapped. They just disappear. And every one of those people, they're someone's kids. They're someone's brother. And they're asking the nation, have you seen my brother? Have you seen my daughter? They got abducted. Someone pay attention to my, my family member. I love them. And every one of those people are God's children who are damaged, maybe they're killed, maybe they're kinned up. We don't know, we, we haven't found, but someone pay attention. No, I'm too busy. I got my things to do, right? And I think this is what God says to me. I think this is what God says to all of us. You gotta care about people who don't see me, haven't found me. You gotta stop what you're doing and make it a primary and say, yes, I will see. This is who Faithbrook is. This is our first mission. Yes, we matter. Yes, we need to be healthy and thriving. But it's our neighbors, it's the people Jesus said, that's what I've come for. I died on the cross for. Christians, wake up. 
There's where I'm about. This is what our church is about. And I need you to be healthy. I need you to be vibrant. I need you to be engaging. I need you to be in the community and in the world because that's who I was. And if you bear my name, then I want you to live like that. Let's rise up. Let's have one of our best years engaging, being vibrant, healthy, and impacting. I know it's been kind of late, so let's stand. Our volunteers are probably going to quit if we go too much longer. So (laughs) let's just take a moment to, to pause, reflect. First thing I'd like for us to do is just be thankful. Thankful that we can be in the presence of God. Maybe we have our own health. Maybe we have some own resources. Maybe Jesus is in your soul and your, your heart. Be thankful of that. Before we go, let's just slow down to see our community. Can we just pray over our community? I know there's some exhausted teachers. There's probably some nurses and first responders that are just overwhelmed. God, give us a heart for our community and our world. Help us not just to blow by those headlines of people around the world that are hurting, to care. If we have any money, God, that we can give, help us to be generous. Help us to pray. Help us to love. Help us to love uh, our own family, to be better parents, spouses, employees, friends. And lastly, God, we pray over Faithbrook. We know that we live in volatile times. The world is not with us. They might even be against us. But God, we are pledging today that if by your grace, we could just be something you could be proud of, that you would pour your spirit, that people would experience miracles, people would experience new life of awakening spiritually and awakening emotionally, wholeness and health. We pray we'd do our best, God. We pray our best to, to raise up that kind of church. So pray for the leadership, include me. Things are not always easy and simple. That I'd have the wisdom, tenacity, sensitivity, humility to keep seeking and leading. Help our staff and the vocals, vocals, God, as they transition here to be a great year. We see it, we believe it, and we're thankful. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless. Have a great Super Sunday. You are dismissed.